Yes, absolutely. You definitely need all of those together when you run an online business, especially if you are exchanging time for money. It's so, so key. So when I'm helping my clients create offers and launch them, we're usually talking about how they want to show up and serve their audience and how can they create something unique and something that essentially sells itself. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Empower with M. I am your host, Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me M. I hope you're ready to expand your mindset, raise your vibrations, break through limiting beliefs, and to seriously start owning your power. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on any of my episodes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I sure am ready. So let's get empowered. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I am so excited because today I have a very exciting guest. So I have brought on board uh, the CEO and founder of Neat Marketing. So I have a sales and marketing coach coming and talking to us all today, sharing some insights into all the wisdom that she has surrounding how you can be using sales and marketing to grow your businesses further. So I'm so excited to welcome Jen Hartman to the podcast. Welcome, Jen. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you as well. We've been talking back and forth on Instagram and I love your energy and I love like the sort of niche and area that you focus on as well. I feel like this is something that's going to benefit my listeners so much. So I can't wait to dive right in. So why don't we kick this off? I'll get you to first and foremost, just introduce yourself and what you do. And then we're going to jump into some rapid fire questions just for fun. And then we'll get into the good stuff. Okay, sounds good. Well, my name is Jen. I am the CEO and founder of Neat Marketing. I'm a sales and marketing coach. I help take online business owners from one glass of bourbon away from quitting their business to growing and scaling their businesses with very unique marketing strategies. I've worked with over a hundred online business owners in the last year, and I have helped my clients make over half a million dollars in cash in the last 12 months. I absolutely love what I do. Um, I come from a corporate setting. So to be able to just do my own thing, wake up without an alarm and just travel when I want to is an absolute dream. Mm, completely. I love that. Honestly, I think it's so amazing, you know, the sort of results you've gotten within your business so far, how many lives you've been able to impact, businesses you've been able to help grow. And I can't wait to just pick your brain today and like learn all about sales and marketing. But before we dive into that, so I want to rapid fire a few questions at you just for fun, just so our listeners can get to know you a bit better, uh, so I can get to know you a bit better. Um, so are you ready? So guys, Jen has no idea what these questions are, by the way. So she's so on the spot with this, um, but I'm you ready scared. to go, Jen? <laughs> Don't be scared. It's fun. It's fun. They're simple. They're nothing questions. First and foremost, sunrises or sunsets? Sunsets because I am not a morning person. Y'all, I wake up at like 930 on a good day. I love that. I love that. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? to read people's minds. I'm always curious as to what people are thinking and I would love to just know without even asking. Oh my God. Like, I feel like that would be such a cool skill, but also have like a lot of negative negatives that come along with it. Like if you can't switch it off and you're just constantly listening to what other people are saying, oh, and what if you hear something you don't <laughs> want to know? Okay. One non-negotiable in your daily routine. Working out. I- 
I have to work out every single day. I have anxiety and working out is like my anxiety release. So an absolute non-negotiable. I love to run. I love to go paddle boarding. I love to go rock climbing. So yeah, big, big fitness gal. I love that. And guys, Jen is literally sitting here sweating on this podcast right now because she just got off a run as well, which is so fun. I love that. Energy is high. I love it. And if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, easy. Potatoes. There are so many different ways to make potatoes. You can mash the the potatoes. You can make baked potatoes. You can stuff the potatoes. You can make breakfast potatoes. Like I I just, I love potatoes. I would eat them for every single meal of the day if I could, but I'd probably turn into a potato. They're really good. And I also am very plant-based. So potatoes fill me up. You know, that's exactly the answer that I give. (laughs) potatoes because you can eat them in so many different ways and there's so many different sorts of potatoes as well so it's like so many wins oh my god exactly funny story we're actually having a potato bar at our wedding oh my god I love that I absolutely love that okay and final question before we get into the good stuff favorite animal and one deep reason why my Bernie's mountain dog He is my absolute favorite. He is just a big softy. He loves to cuddle. He follows me around the house every day. He looks me like deep in the eyes and I feel like he can just read my soul. I am obsessed with him. And in fact, my branding is like from him. Like we took Bruin and work. Okay. How can we put Bruin's colors into my branding? So big, big Bernie mountain dog girl. You know, I love that. That is, so you said, loves cuddles is a big softy and looks you deep in your eyes and like just knows your soul (laughs) the reason why I asked that question is I asked this question to everyone because that is a reflection of what you look for in like your partner your ideal partner like that is what you look for and I love it because no one ever knows that that's where it's going when I ask that question but like would you agree or disagree I agree 1000%. That is my significant other, but you wouldn't know just looking at him. But when you peel back the layers, he is that person. Mm -hmm. I cannot believe you just went there. I went there. I went there. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So let's get into the good stuff today. Let's talk all about sales and marketing because that is what we're here for. And we have so much that we can learn from you. So first and foremost, Jen, tell me like, what is sales and marketing? Like, why is it important for business? And for anyone who maybe isn't familiar with the term sales or marketing, like, what does it all mean? Yes. Oh gosh. Okay. So much to uh, talk about here. So sales and marketing operate together. You can't have one without the other, or at least you shouldn't have one without the other. Marketing really attracts your ideal client. Whereas with sales, it actually converts your ideal client. I absolutely love sales and marketing. It's funny because when I started out down this path, I used to hate sales. My first job out of university was a sales position and I was terrified of asking people for money. It's so funny now because I have no problem DMing someone say, hey, I want you in my program. How are we going to make it happen? I've gotten really bold when it comes to sales, but it's just taken a lot of time and practice. Um, Oh my God, I'm getting off track here. Can you repeat the question again? (laughs) You answered it exactly. 
exactly. I was like taking notes because I'm like, oh my God, this just made so much sense to me. Because even I like, I've heard marketing and sales, but I kind of thought they were like two words for the same thing. But what you said is marketing attracts and sales converts. So absolutely answered that question so clearly and then sort of led into a second question that now I want to ask you. You mentioned that sometimes people have a lot of resistance when it comes to the topic of sales and, and reaching out and pitching what it is they have to offer. So I mean, obviously people have this limiting belief that they're going to come across salesy and very ingenuine. So how do you first and foremost work through that limiting belief that sales is like a real icky, sticky sort of situation that you don't want to be doing? Yeah. So when it comes to sales, it's important to think about how are you going to make money in your business if you don't sell? Your business can only survive if you're making money and the way to make money is to actually sell. And I also think what happens is people have this belief or they have this image of a car salesman, this icky car salesman. And a lot of us can't move past it. And that is not what sales looks like anymore. Maybe it did 20 years ago, but that's not what it looks like today. So if you guys have never read the book, Why She Buys, you got to read it. It will change the way in which you sell and how you look at sales in general. But it's really important to uncover like where are these beliefs coming from? Are they coming from your experience at a car dealership? Are they coming from a different experience? And it's important to start to rewrite that story. I also think it's important to consider, is it really sleazy? Is it disgusting? Think about what you're selling. You're not being scammy. You're not being gross. You're selling something that could change somebody's life. And in fact, I'm going to go as far to say that if you don't sell, if you don't share your gift with the world, you're doing the world a disservice. Mm, I love that. That's a big sort of um, mindset, mindset, wow, mindset <laughs> shift. That <laughs> My mind just shut. <laughs> that is a big mindset shift I had to make myself when I was like, you know, going from my nine to five to starting my own business is you got to overcome that limiting belief that sales is a negative thing because it's not like you have a, a product, a service that you're offering and it's going to make an impact on someone's life, whether it be, you know, to their health to their mindset, to their business, helping them make more money, like whatever it is, or maybe it's just bringing them, you know, a certain sort of joy, right? Like maybe it's just something that it's a luxury that they're going to enjoy for themselves. And so you've got to make that shift and realize that you are doing a disservice if you're holding yourself back uh, from sharing what it is you offer because people need you, people need what it is you're putting out there. So I guess then tell us like, you know, you're a sales and marketing coach. So what is it that you do as a sales and marketing coach? Yes, I do a lot of things, actually. Um, I found myself more recently falling into other categories than just sales and marketing. Like I help a lot of my clients create really unique offers. I help my clients create launch plans for those new offers or new services. I also help them create really unique marketing strategies to go along with those offers. And I help them to learn how to sell in a way that feels really good. I help my clients save time when it comes to sales by streamlining their process and by also learning how to master the art of social selling. I have formal sales training and it's so funny because during that program, one, I was only taught how to sell in a very masculine way. Nobody teaches how to sell to women or how to sell as a female. And they also never talked about social selling. So those are two things that I had to learn on my own, but they are so important in the success of an online business because most people do not want to hop on a sales call anymore. 
we either don't have time for it or we don't want to be pitched to in that way. Or most of us know we need a service or a program. So a simple DM message, a simple conversation can convert somebody at higher rates than sales calls really ever can. Mm, I love that. So there's three main things that you mentioned there, launch plans, marketing strategies, and social selling. So would you mind breaking down each of these three things for us and explaining what exactly they are? Because I mean, I've heard of marketing strategies and social sellings. I can imagine what launch plans are, but they're not really things that I've ever taken into serious consideration myself. So can you shed some light onto these and uh, why we sort of need them for our business? Yes, absolutely. You definitely need all of those together when you run an online business, especially if you are exchanging time for money. It's so, so key. So when I'm helping my clients create offers and launch them, we're usually talking about how they want to show up and serve their audience and how can they create something unique and something that essentially sells itself. Um, So that's something we work on together. We find a way to build an offer that fits a gap in the market. So that's really important. I don't like to use cookie cutter strategies with my clients. I see a lot of people in the coaching space who do a lot of copy and paste cookie cutter strategies, and you can almost tell what business coach they've worked with because they don't have anything unique that they can offer. So I really urge my clients to draw on their past experiences. Most of my clients have a history in corporate or working at marketing agencies. So we talk about their past experiences and how they can be tied into this online business space. So when we're mapping out launch strategies, we'll talk about things like maybe launching their brand new offer with a freebie, like a masterclass, a challenge, a webinar, something like that, or maybe doing something where we are offering a discount, like pre-sale pricing before we launch it really to the public. But the point of launching is to build hype behind your upcoming offer. It's to excite your audience, give them sneak previews of what's coming, get them on the edge of their seat and ready to buy. And then when it comes to marketing and sales, marketing is really attracting your ideal clients, bringing them in, um, getting them to watch every single story of yours. And then when it comes to sales, actually having those sales conversations with your clients, going after those people who are your hot leads and asking them to buy from you or at least telling them about your brand new offers and how they could be a good fit for them. So all three together make for a really a great business, a successful business. A lot of people launch. Like I think it's the thing, I'm going to go back to launching for a second. Sometimes when I talk about launching, people are like, oh, I've never heard of that concept before. However, every type of business launches. I've worked in corporate before for a SaaS company software, and we launched all the time. We launched multi-million dollar software products. We use different strategies. I've worked with budgets that were half a million dollars. So it's obviously different as an online business owner, but clothing companies launch new lines every season. So launching is not a wild concept. Other industries just do it differently than we might do as coaches. Mm, I love that. So you said launch plan is really, you know, all the pre-launch building the hype, then marketing strategies is attracting and, and bringing clients in. And then the social selling is sharing and obviously getting on those calls. So it seems like these things all really play a big role together and also continue to play a role after the actual like launch date. So, you know, would you say that the launch date is sort of like the most important part of marketing and sales or is is it more so what follows after that? I would actually say it's before. I tell a lot of my clients that 
your success for a launch is going to come in everything you do before you actually announce it to the public. Um, the way you're showing up on social media before you publicly open up the doors to your offer, the conversations you're having with your clients, or I guess not your clients, but your future clients, everything you're doing to plan and strategize, email marketing, the paid ads, that plays such a big factor that if you don't put all of your energy and effort into what you're doing before you open up the doors, that kind of determines the success of your launch. That is so, so big. What I see happening a lot in the coaching space is people wait until they publicly open up the doors for an offer to then put in the work. And I would argue that it's too late at that point. Like mm -hmm. your launch success was determined four weeks prior to this date. Mm, I love that. And it's, it's now you mention it. I really reflect to like um, previous things that maybe I've launched at the start of my business. And I think, yeah, you know what, if there was more hype in the lead up, then I think that would have made a lot more difference. Cause yeah, I mean, it, it really is. It's about, it's about building up the hype and, and sharing that insight and giving that value before you actually go bam, it's time to launch. Like people are already ready, right? You want them to be ready to go, ready to buy, ready to dive in sort of thing. Yes. Love yeah, that. absolutely. I like to think about other things too. Like whenever I was getting ready to like buy a new bathing suit, like there are certain brands I follow, like 437 is a huge brand that I buy from all the time. They hype up every single launch. I read every single email. I mark my calendars. I make sure I'm online to purchase when they open up the doors. Like it's so important to think about other brands you buy from during launches and why you buy from them. And it's usually because they spend so much time hyping up what is coming. Yeah, so that makes me think of um, my favorite fitness influencer who just did like a massive rebrand of her entire sort of like business company, all of it. And it was a massive like a couple weeks lead up to the launch and when they announced this. And I just remember everyone was getting so like, oh my God, I need to know, I need to know. And then they went live on Instagram and launched it live. And there was like thousands and thousands of people tuning in. And it was just this big hype event. And then you just also felt very like emotionally invested into the journey as well, which was like made you more excited about it as well. So totally understand what you're saying right now. But um, in terms of like, yeah, what you do with your business, you mentioned that you help people who are really close to quitting their businesses um, to start actually launching unique offers and scaling their company. So you're essentially helping people who are, you know, at the point of breaking, helping them really turn themselves around. So what sort of difference does marketing and sales strategies really have on a business then? Because that's pretty big. Oh my gosh, the biggest difference. So a lot of my clients do come to me like ready to quit, so frustrated, ready to go back to corporate and throw in the towel. And it's because they've been doing things like exchanging all of their time for money, or they've been putting energy into marketing strategies that aren't really working. So a lot of my focus is looking at the data, but also listening to your intuition because that's very powerful. So combining the two together to create something truly magical. But marketing and sales makes the big, biggest difference because you can have the best product or the best offer in the world, but if people don't know about it, nobody can buy from you. Mm, that makes me think of something that I actually read in the book that I'm reading at the moment. And the book's all about financial literacy. So it's not actually about marketing, but basically what it said in it was, um, so say, for example, I'll ask you, do you believe, Jen, that you can cook a better hamburger than McDonald's can? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no? 
or like a healthier one so you just like totally blew this you know in the wrong direction oh no I'm so sorry no it's because I'm plant-based it's because I'm plant-based that's probably why wrong person yeah I can go out to the grill right now and cook you a great burger I don't believe in my my grilling skills (laughs) I love that well could you cook a better, healthier, more beautiful veggie burger <laughs> than McDonald's would? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And then the question is, like, if you can, like, I know that I can make a better burger than McDonald's. Like, those are actually, they, they're photoshopped. They look better on the image than they actually do when you get them. So if you can cook a better burger than Mac is, how come you can't make more money? off your burgers than Macca's is making off theirs. And it's because of their marketing and their business strategy, right? Like hands down, there are so many people who can make higher quality product and, you know, than what it is that they offer, but they have like the most advanced marketing and business strategy that that is why they are able to make billions off what they offer so that's what you what you just shared just reminded me of that it's like it's not necessarily about having the absolute top of the range highest product in the world in the industry but it's about having the best strategy surrounding how you're sharing it right oh absolutely there oh my gosh that made me think of so many things like I think of have you seen the way of the wolf or um, not the way of the wolf have you read the wolf of seen the wolf of wall street oh yeah 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 he's a great salesman like jordan belfort could sell anything like it might be the worst product it could be like grass in the backyard but he's such a good salesman that it doesn't Mm -hmm. even matter um and i think of like even other people i've purchased from like my business coach she could sell like how to collect dirt samples like and i would Mm. buy it because she's so good at selling so it really does come down to sales and marketing yeah, and now that you mentioned Jordan Belford, uh, that reminds me of this other thing, and I'm pretty sure it was him, and he says to people, sell me this pen. And then they try to sell him the pen. They're like, oh, you know, it's really pretty. Like, it's got really nice colored ink. Like, they're trying to sell the actual pen itself and then the whole strategy behind or the whole method behind what he's sharing is you don't want to sell the pen itself you want to sell like what that pen is going to do for you what that pen is going to do for the person how it's going to change them and do that through like asking them questions like Jen like do you have a pen that you currently use at the moment how often would you say that you find yourself needing a pen like asking questions and then and then delivering your product or service by providing um and catering to the need that that specific person has yes oh my god absolutely it's so funny that you're mentioning this because I just talked about this with my mastermind group I believe but I always say the uh destination don't sell the journey nobody buys the business nobody buys the the plane ticket they buy Mm -hmm. the tropical vacation they buy the food and the drinks and the ambiance they don't buy the middle class seat ticket on the plane like that is not what they're buying yes I always tell that to my clients exactly and and it's the same with like coaches of any sort as well right like if you go get a PT you're not buying that 60 minutes of pain they're going to put you through each week you're buying the transformation that they are going to make for you for your health for your your appearance for your life your energy your ability to show up it's about the transformation and the destination rather than um yeah the 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 journey and like the the steps that it takes to get there 
That is the exact reason why women buy. Women especially buy the transformation. Features are great, right? We all want to know what we're getting for our money, but what matters more is the transformation. So that is like one of the biggest takeaways I've had from just selling to women since I started my business. And I've worked with both men and women. And it's just so funny how men buy versus how women buy. Men care about the features. Women care about the feelings. I love that. I love that. That's such an interesting perspective to be able to like take on board as well when you are approaching, um, pitching to your audience. And I have a question for you relating to audiences, but we will get to that soon. <laughs> we're going so like, I had a few questions for this interview and then we just, this is all just free balling at the moment, if I'm being totally honest, like this is all just coming from what you're saying and I'm loving it because it's so like, yeah, organic and just aligned. But um, what I want to talk about is because we were speaking earlier about people having these limiting beliefs around sales and feeling very pushy and salesy and all of that. So tell me, what's the power that, you know, authenticity can really have within sales and how can we be more authentic and not come across as real salesy? Yeah. Authenticity is so important when you are selling. I, consumers nowadays see right through all the BS. We see through the disgusting sales techniques. So things like cold DMing, cold selling doesn't work anymore. Maybe it worked about 10 years ago. And in fact, it used to work. It used to work when I worked in uh, different agencies when I was out of undergrad, but those strategies don't work anymore. It is so important to sell from the heart. It's important to sell what you truly believe in. I do see a lot of people who sell offers that they don't like. They sell offers they hate. They don't believe in the transformation. And therefore, they're not increasing sales in their business because they're not selling in a way that's authentic. Um, I also tell my clients all the time that if you need to hop on a sales call, by all means, start doing sales calls. If you don't like doing sales calls and you want to sell in the DMs, let's talk about a DM sales strategy that's going to work for your business. It's so important to sell in a way that feels so good for you. Um, it just comes across so much more natural. The other thing I talk about with my clients as well is when it comes to sales, think about how you buy, right? Why do you invest in other coaches? Why do you buy from that service provider? Do you fill out an application to work with a coach or do you just DM her and say, Hey, send me the invoice. Find out what it is for you and start to sell in that way. Mm, see, I'm someone who really likes to sort of model how people around me do things. So the coach that I'm working with, he is extremely successful in like all of his business and all of that. And when I was going through the process of going on enrollment calls with him and all that, I was actually taking notes. I'm like, okay, so this is a sales strategy he's doing. And oh, this is a, this is a good terminology he's using. That's convincing me. I'm going to going to pick that one up too so it's yeah like you know go through the experiences that you've had and think about well what are what are sales experiences that I really liked versus sales experience I didn't like and then see like okay which features do you want to use and which ones do you want to make sure you're avoiding as well I guess yeah absolutely and I think it's important to pay attention to other industries too not just your own industry when you're buying from other business coaches or buying from social media managers if you go get your, I don't know, say for example, you go to the spa and you get a facial once a month, pay attention to how they upsell you during your facial. That is something mm -hmm. that I'm very in tune with. I pay attention to those things. And I left my last visit at the spa and I was like, they just upsold the crap out of me. And I did not for a second think they were being salesy because they did it in a way that was so authentic and so natural that they had me walking out of there with like a hundred dollars worth of product that I probably didn't need at the end of the day. But they got me. They got me really good. So I was thinking yeah. about that and I'm like, 
there's so many opportunities to continue working with your clients. If your clients are happy, why not continue to sell to them? Why not sell additional offerings that would increase the value and increase their transformation and complement what you've already provided? Like, I just love paying attention to how other industries are selling and what's mm-hmm. working and what's not working and take it and bring in, bringing it into our own industry. Yeah, I love that. And that's a really interesting sort of aspect that it's, I imagine would be a part of a marketing plan that you've just mentioned there is when you have people that you're working with at the moment, how can you continue to serve for them and continue to provide for them and, and uh, you know, put out products or services or additional things that um, are going to be catered for them? Because obviously, if they're investing in you already, then they're aligned with you. They love what you're putting out there. So how can you continue to cater to those, you know, that audience, that client base, that fan base that you already have right now. So I guess that would be my next question for you is like, how do you actually create a marketing plan? Because for those sort of listeners who have maybe like never put much thought into the marketing side of their businesses, and maybe they're not quite ready to bring on board a coach at this stage, how can they start creating a sort of a plan for themselves to set them up for success at the beginning of their businesses? Yeah. So a great start is to consider where your, where your dream clients are hanging out at. Are they spending time on Instagram? Are they spending time on LinkedIn? Where are they at? And I always recommend starting with social media because it's free. Why wouldn't you start with social media? So I always say, find a social platform that your dream client is spending time on, put effort into pumping out content on that platform. Consistency is major key. I see a lot of people come and go in this online space. And part of the reason why they go is because they are not consistent with it. And if you're not consistent in literally anything in your life, you're not going to see results. Think about your diet. Think about your workout plan, business, no consistency equals no growth. So consistency is really key, especially when you're first starting out. And I think consistency is difficult when you're first starting because you might have one person who's watching you. You might have five people. And sometimes it's hard to show up for a party of one or a party of five, but you'll notice if you stay consistent with it and you decide to show up twice a week or three times a week, that one turns into five, turns into 25, turns into 500 very, very, very quickly. I also recommend complementing your social media strategy with a long form content strategy. So you don't need to be on the, so on all, all the social platforms. You don't always need Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Facebook, pick one. Pick one and be really good at it and then complement it with long form content. Start a podcast, start a blog, start a YouTube channel. Long form content is so key for marketing because long form content allows you to show off your expertise and show off your personality and people can get to know you. And long form content can be repurposed into short form content on social. Mm, So long form content um, what exactly is this again? Can you please like divine that clearly? Um, so we've got that new term under our belts as well. <laughs> yeah. So long form content examples are going to be your blogs. So any kind of blogging, um, podcasting is also mm-hmm. a piece of long form content and YouTube videos are also long form content. Uh, long form content is your opportunity to go in depth on a topic and show off your expertise on a much deeper level than you can on social media. Because if you think about social, uh, you're not really writing blog posts on your end. If you are, people aren't reading it. Or Twitter, for example, Twitter, you're limited to a certain number of characters as well. So I always recommend long form content. And again, anything long form can be repurposed into short form content. You can take a snippet of your blog 
throw it onto Instagram, throw it onto Twitter. So pick a piece of long form, pick a piece of short form. There you go. That's your marketing strategy. Mm, that makes total sense. So the long form is like the deeper sort of value. Like, yes, yeah, sitting on this podcast right now, tuning into this, learning in depth about how to grow, you know, work with marketing and sales in your business versus short form would be, you know, sharing a little snippet, a little graphic that is kind of like scraping the surface um, of the topic. And then obviously you come here and dive deeper into that. Cool. That makes sense. I like that. I like that. <laughs> and so, awesome. so good. I'm glad. yeah, so you've spoken about Instagram, you know, just now. So um, I kind of want to talk about um, how on your Instagram, you know, you really show how you can grow a business to six figures by selling in a way that does feel good for you and and for your audience as well. So how can someone actually go about, you know, finding that way that is going to work best for them, right? Like, how do we, how do we figure out what it is that is going to be in alignment with us and help us get that sort of like growth within our own businesses? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm going to go back to what I said earlier, paying attention to why you buy. Why are you buying from certain people? Why are you attracted to certain people? Or why do you keep going back to the same businesses again and again? Why are you spending $200 a week at Lululemon? Like there is a reason why you keep going back to these places to continue purchasing. A lot of it has to do with marketing and sales and obviously product quality is there as well. But pay attention to those things and you'll start to pick up patterns and you can really tie that into your own business. For example, earlier, how I'd mentioned when I get facials, they send me out the door with a a product I didn't need, but I never feel like it was inauthentic or disgusting for them to do that to me. It just feels really great. And part of the reason that I am sold when they recommend other products to me when I'm getting my facial is because they test the products out on me. They talk about all the benefits of the product. They don't talk about the cost of the product. They don't talk about the features. They talk about how great I'm going to feel or how great I'm going to look when I use this for the next eight weeks. So that are, those are things that I've started to really tie into the way in which I sell, paying attention to um, feelings and just what's working in other industries. I know yeah. that was kind of like a very broad general answer, but it just really depends on the person. Like, I feel like it's so hard to come up with an answer that would be like super specific. No, that like, honestly, was so helpful because what I kind of take from that is, you know, when you shared that example about how they uh, share with you, you know, like if they let you try, they let you try before you buy, they share all the benefits, like, you know, identify why you need it. They're focusing first and foremost on your need for the product or for the service, right? And I think so often the thing that sort of holds people back from making investments is when we as a potential buyer are too fixated on the cost we're too fixated on the cost oh this is such a big investment like getting that coach or doing that course or buying that you know skincare set you know like we we become initially too fixated on the investment that's involved and then that's where our fears are coming from right like I don't know that I can afford this and is it going to be worth my money so if you can lead with focusing on the need and showing your buyers why it is they need that product and the value that they're going to get from that product when it comes to then discussing the cost well they're they're more aligned with it right because they understand the value of it and they understand their personal need for this thing and like you said every single person is going to be so different so everyone's need is so 
different. And that's why, you know, we come back to that strategy of sell me this pen. Like you're selling me this pen. You're not selling a group this pen. Why do I need this pen? Right. So you, yeah, yeah you nailed that. Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh. That is exactly what I was trying to get at. Um, it is so important. Like you kind of touched on it, but having personalized sales conversations for each person, like you shouldn't be copying, pasting sales messages and people know when you do it. And yet it still happens all the time, but you made a great point leading with value and leading with the need versus just talking about the product or just talking about the offer itself, um, or leading with pricing. Oh my gosh. I see a lot of people who will lead with pricing first before I'm even invested. You want somebody to be fully invested in what you're selling before you even share the price. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. Exactly that. And this kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier, right? How like different people, men, women, different demographics, different age groups, different nationalities, like everyone are all going to have different like ways in which they are perceiving the way that they are being sold. So I guess the last question I sort of want to ask you is how can we make sure that our approach to sales and and marketing is going to be in alignment with our target audience? Because obviously everyone's not going to be, you know, a part of our target audience, but how do we make sure that the way we are presenting our content and presenting our marketing and sales strategy is in alignment with the people that we're trying to attract? Yes. I think it honestly starts with the basics, like doing market research to really get to know what makes your ideal client tick. What is going to get them to take action? What do they really care about at the end of the day? And another thing that I have my clients do is create content that really speaks to their ideal client. Because if you have amazing content, guess what? Your sales conversation is going to be that much easier. They will already be bought in when they send you a DM or when you send them a DM. So creating content that hits on your ideal clients, fears, goals, and struggles is so incredibly key. And it also comes back to niching down. I hate the word niche, but we say it in the coaching industry. So important to have your niche because if you try to speak to everybody, you're resonating with no one. You're better off niching down and really having your ideal client on lock and understanding, again, their fears, goals, and struggles. Mm, I'm going to repeat that one final time because honestly, that is like, if there's one thing that anyone needs to take away from this episode, it is that. And that is that it's the fears and the goals and the struggles that you really want to become clear on when you are prospecting or talking to a potential client, right? Like what are the fears that have been holding them back from, you know, buying the thing or investing in the coach or, or taking the next step? What are the goals that they have? Like, where do they want to be? And what are the struggles that have been holding them back from actually achieving that goal? Because at the end of the day, if you have a service or a product, well, you want to know if your service or product is going to help them with overcoming these struggles to ultimately achieve their goal at the end of all of this. Like that is the goal, right? To help people get to their goals or to feel a certain way, to be in a certain place and become clear on those fears, goals and struggles. And yeah, I mean, that is an absolute gold nugget that you shared there. So I have no doubt that everyone would have just been scribbling that right down. (laughs) I'm so glad. Yeah. When I heard that before, I think I learned that about a year ago, it stuck with me. I was like, holy crap, this is a game changer been a game changer for my content. I have people who will DM me once a day, twice a day, sometimes be like, 
I love your content. How can we work together? Like, I don't even have to sell anymore because my content is that good. So sometimes really great sales conversations start with your content on Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever. Maybe that is really what brings in your ideal client. They will feel like you are speaking to them. So yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that you asked that question because I never thought about mentioning it before. Amazing. Amazing. Well, this has been such like a free flowing combo, which I love. Like we've honestly, I have learned so much from you that I am going to take and now go and apply to my own business as well. But, you know, obviously out of curiosity for everyone that's listening and anyone who is wanting some extra help with the sales and marketing side of their business, being a sales and marketing coach yourself, like what is involved in a sort of marketing and sales coaching session? Like how does it all work so we can give our listeners some insight in case it's something they're in need of? Yeah, absolutely. I have a variety of offers going on in my business right now, but every program in my business, as long as it's a live coaching program where we are meeting either in a group session or a one-on-one session, it starts with an intake form so I can get to know you better. Um, In my intake form, I ask about what you're currently struggling with in your business, what your number one goal is. And if there's anything really holding you back from reaching that goal. And I also ask how you handle failure. That to me is so important to find out from there. We talk about how we can work together. When we hop on a call together, we will usually start with the basics, like talking about what is currently going on in your business, what gaps there are that are keeping you from having your dream life. And from there, we will build you out new offerings, a new launch plan, different sales and marketing strategies to really target your ideal client and get them to convert much easier. We'll also talk about ways to start to scale your business. So a lot of my clients come to me and they're exchanging all of their time for money. And that type of business model is not sustainable. So we talk about ways to create one-to-many programs or even passive income. Mm, amazing. And so if any of our listeners are wanting to dive on in and, um, you know, fill out this intake form and get on a call with you, where can they find you? I'll pop all the show notes, the links into the show notes, but, um, you know, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at neat.marketing or my website, which is neatmarketingllc.com. We are currently launching Lazy Girl Launch School. It is a mid-ticket group coaching program that teaches how to create a unique offer that essentially sells itself, how to design your Lazy Girl Launch, and then how to approach six-figure social selling, both through content and DM sales. And then how to build out a sustainable business model for yourself. So that's coming up. Um, Doors close on Wednesday, May 19th, but we'll have another round coming out for July. Amazing. And obviously this is the Empower With Them podcast. So I have one one final question for you. Wow, I cannot speak today, but we're getting there. We're getting there. So <laughs> what is like, obviously you are you know, very successful in your business and continuing to grow and scale it as you go. So, you know, once upon a time you were at the beginning of your journey as well. So what is a sort of one empowering piece of advice that you want to leave for all of our listeners, anyone who might be at the start of their business journey, deeper into their business journey, but are just needing that little bit of empowerment coming from your way? Yes. Do not give up. So much good comes out after you move past the point of giving up. That's when I find my business always goes through like a growth spurt. It's stick with 
stay the course, when I continue to show up, when I continue to sell, when I continue to lead, that's when all of the magical stuff happens. And when you're earlier on in your business, it's so easy to feel defeated. It's so easy to want to give up, but don't stay the course. Amazing. Jen, I've absolutely loved chatting to you today. This has been an awesome episode. I love your energy and you're just honestly, thank you so much for sharing all of this valuable insights with us all on the topics of sales and marketing. I know that it's going to be so helpful for absolutely everyone listening in today. So it's been a pleasure talking to you and thank you for joining me on my podcast. Absolutely. I had so much fun. Thank you as well. We're going to have to do this again soon sometime. Oh, oh, you will definitely be coming back. Don't you worry. (laughs) So that's a wrap on today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast or know somebody who needs to hear this, then send this to them and share it to your stories, tagging me at empower.with.m.podcast. If you want more from the podcast, make sure you jump on over to the Empower community on Facebook. I have popped the link in the show notes of this episode, so I can't wait for you to join me there. But that's all from me for now, fam. It's time I love you and leave you. So until we hang again, remember you can break through any limiting mindset, any limiting belief, and you can rise above any challenge and step up and truly be empowered.